Thursday, November 19th, and you are listening to the Tech on Tap Podcast Roadshow Edition, final day recap. Glenn, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good, man. Today's been pretty awesome, but uh, I gotta say, we'd be remiss if we didn't open the show. We have a celebrity amongst us. We do, man. He's flashy. Hi, guys. How's it going? (laughs) Justin, I love the fact that, that you just don't care, and you're like, you know what? I've got this costume. I look pretty cool in it. I'm going to wear this costume. And the attendees are totally into it. They, they are. It, it's really called the day four uh, I don't cares anymore. So that's really what this is all about. I'm tired. I've been up nonstop all week. I've been talking to everybody. So why not? Yeah. Cool. So you finally did a little little demo today that I think we can finally reveal a name. What do you uh, think? I can. So the demo we've been doing all week is Copy Free Transition. And if you want to learn more about it, we're going to actually talk about it with Jay Goldfinch on this week's 8.3.2 podcast. Sweet. Yeah, for sure. Listeners, we got, a, we got a goodie in store for you tomorrow. So when you wake up, make sure to hit that iTunes feed on your drive into work because you're going to love it. Trust me. Yep. Or if you're flying, make sure you download it so you can listen to it on the way. Yeah, for sure. So, Justin, uh, you had an opportunity to sit down with a couple guys today and, and capture some one-on-ones for us. Uh, why don't you go ahead and set us up? Because the rest of us, unfortunately, we're, we're stuck in sessions all day. Yep. So, first of all, I talked to a NetApp A-team member, Paul Strinkfellow. He works at a Gartner Systems. And let's take a listen to what he had to say about NetApp Insight. All right. Here I am with A-team member, Paul Strinkfellow. Paul, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well, Justin. It's uh, it's fourth day of a, quite a show, so uh, the voice is feeling it a little bit now. I, and I need some of the stuff that whatever uh, the other guys are having, because they all still sound great uh, this time. So whatever, whatever the honey and whatever drink they're having, I need to get some of that. Maybe they're just not talking as much. There is a possibility they're just not talking as much as well. I think people who know me might suggest you're probably right. So Paul, t- tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do and where you work. So I'm a technical director uh, for a company called Garden Systems, based in the northwest of England. I've uh, been NetApp partners for about eight or nine years now. Um, and my job really is a, is a two-function two thing. Uh, I, I meet with our customers, talk about their business challenges, look at the kind of strategic things they're trying to do, and then I talk to our vendors, you know, trusted vendors like NetApp, to find out, again, strategically what you guys are up to and how we tie those two things together to give our customers kind of great solutions that, uh, that deliver the, the business things that they're looking for. So what do you think about the show so far? So I think I, I was kind of putting some time and thinking about this yesterday. And I think this is probably the best insight that I've been to. And this is kind of my fifth insight. Um, first time I've been to Berlin, didn't manage to get out here last year. But I think it's been a real good show. And, and for me, there's been two things that have made it a really good show. Um, apart from talking to you, so that makes it three things. But there's two things that have been really good. I think the, the real clear NetApp strategy around data fabric. You know, I'm, I'm looking at that now as a partner, as an outsider looking in. And it seems real clear to me now that anything NetApp are doing, the view, the view is... Is it part of the fabric strategy? If it isn't, we're not in, we're not talking about it. If it is, it's in, we make it part of that, we make sure we move data around it. So I think at that end, that's been the clearest strategic message I think I've ever heard from NetApp. I think the other thing that's really impressed me though is it's not just been, let's talk marketing, let's talk about data fabric as though it's just a marketing term. Let's show you how data fabric works, let's execute some of this stuff. And and for me, those two things, I think it's, as I say, best insight that I think I've been to, and for those two reasons. So. I don't know if you've been attending any sessions or whatever, but what has been a standout session or even a standout booth to you? There's been some real good stuff. So I think um, 
I really like what Catalogic have been up to. I think, you know, and again, with, with that, that data fabric strategy, I think it's allowing other partners to maybe come in and, and build some really interesting stuff on top of that. Um, you know, I think the general session's been great, and, and I've attended a lot of sessions. Um, you know, I think Glenn and Sully's uh, Hyper-V VMware Smackdown, that's a, that's a great session. And, oh, yeah, that's uh, a fan favourite. Yeah, I enjoyed that very much. Um, yeah, I, I've learned loads of stuff. I, I, I sat in a data fabric session, actually, yesterday. It was just kind of a level one session. Um, but the stuff the guys covered in there was really powerful, really clear, really concise. Um, you know, maybe that's something I should learn to do, be clear and concise. But, you know, that's, that's what he was delivering. You know, and it really, a really strong message, really well put across. So, Paul, you're a member of the NetApp A-Team. Of course, the NetApp A-Team is a social media presence of uh, partners that are just NetApp advocates. What do you think about the NetApp A-Team and how they're handling things as far as, you know, FUD is concerned? Yeah, so I, I'm, you know, I really enjoy being part of the A-Team. I think it's a, real, um, it's a real important thing that NetApp have put together. You know, well, one of the challenges that I saw working with our partner, working with our customers, was the amount of kind of thought and nonsense that was out there that was really coming from an ill-informed press. And part of the problem was that was NetApp were real bad at telling people how good they are at doing things. And I think if you knew NetApp and you got NetApp and you understood it, you're a big fan. You know, you see the technology, you see how well it works, you see what it delivers. If you don't know NetApp, you're listening to what the competition is saying, what maybe ill-informed journalists are putting out there. So I had a real frustration with that. And I, I spoke to Matt Watts about six, nine months ago and said, Matt, what do we do about this? And, you know, and he said, well, look, let's have a look at some of the stuff we were doing around the old Flash Faz announcements. Help me get some content out there to do that. So we worked together, get, got some good content out. And then he introduced me to Sam uh, and, and looking at what the A-team were doing. And Sam had, you know, kind of been tracking some of the stuff that I've been pushing out there. So, so I think it's, it's really important that we continue to do that, that. We continue to do that well, you know, and that, that we continue to get that kind of information from NetApp and get that out to our customers and make sure. Because for me as a partner, if I'm talking to customers and all they're hearing is negative news about NetApp, that's made my life really, really difficult. It doesn't just make NetApp's life difficult, it's making my life difficult. And I'm spending half of my customer meeting correcting things, you know, misinformation that these guys have got. So it's important, I, I want to be going into meetings where people are saying, hey, I'm hearing great stuff about NetApp, that data fabric sounds fantastic, how's that going to help my business? So I think the more that we do and the better that we do that, and I think, you know, the A-teams are a key part in trying to get that kind of stuff right. Sounds great. So Paul, how can we find you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at TechStringy, uh, and you can also find my blog, which is uh, techstringy.wordpress.com, because I'm too cheap to buy techstringy.com as a domain name, because £12 a year is an awful lot of money to me. Yeah, I actually bought a domain name because I'm cheap, but not that cheap. So pony up, man. Come I, on. Yeah, I am that cheap. I am just that cheap. Um, but yeah, I might get down to it and, and finally treat myself to a domain name for Christmas. That'd be a great Christmas gift, I guess. Yeah, well, domain names are not just for Christmas, they're for all your life, so you've got to get the right one. That's true, that's true. All right, well, thanks, Paul. Thanks for talking to us, and uh, I hope you enjoy the rest of whatever's left of Insight. Man, Paul is awesome. Yes. I, I love that guy. I always have. He's he's super active on Twitter. He's always got something intelligent to say, and, and yet again, he doesn't disappoint. The positivity. I mean, this guy is so positive. I, I, I don't understand it. I can't be that positive. And he's, after four days, he's still like, oh, man, I love everything. High energy, great guy. All right, so I also got a chance to talk to Jim Uren of Addo Technologies. Um, they do some fiber channel acceleration with some hardware. And he, uh, he gave me a, down, a rundown of what they actually do and what's coming up and, and uh, what he thought of NetApp Insight overall. All right, last day of Insight 2015 here. I'm standing here with Jim, James Uren. So James Uren is from Addo Technology, and we're 
we're just wondering, what is Addo and what sort of history do you guys have with NetApp? Well, Addo is a company that's been around for about 28 years now. And we've got our start in the media and entertainment business, solving problems for performance and latency. Now, our relationship with uh, NetApp goes back actually quite a long time for host adapters and different kind of qualifications with solutions. But our current product that we're working with is our FiberBridge 6500 with the NetApp Metro Cluster. So that goes back about seven years ago when we started working with your engineering teams to actually start constructing this product and bring it out to market. Um, after about two years of development between our engineering teams, we brought a product out and it's probably been selling for just over five years now uh, to the worldwide market with Metro Cluster. So that the product, the FiberBridge, provides uh, fiber channel connectivity for direct attached uh, shelves of SaaS storage, the IOM6s that are out right now. So it basically integrates with your filers and with data on tap to provide the distance connectivity for stretch clusters, the Metro Cluster solution. Excellent, excellent. So it sounds like you guys are doing some really great things at Metro Cluster, and that's very important here in Europe. From my experience, I've seen that in America, Metro Cluster is not as, as high as an uptick, but I'm guessing that you're very big in Europe here with that. That's true. We, we're, we're like David Hasselhoff here in Europe. Yeah. We, we, we really do well in Germany. Um, one thing that we've noticed, and this is my first time in Germany, my first time at Insight, and talking with a lot of the end users, a lot of the SCs from NetApp that actually talk about how they're installing the product, it was really interesting to find out some of the reasons why it's being used more in Germany and in EMEA in general than in, in the States. In you know, the States, it's a lot of distance between sites, so a lot of people don't want to go from New York to, to Los Angeles with a stretch cluster because it's not possible due to latency over the fiber channel links. Here in Germany and in the countries in EMEA, they're relatively smaller compared to the United States, so a lot of the, a lot of the uh, benefits of the stretch cluster, the metro cluster, take advantage here. And you can see by some government regulations in Germany that it's actually almost mandated to have a stretch cluster in place for your business. Um, it propagates pretty well in Germany, and we're looking forward to new things coming out uh, down the road. Excellent. So is this your first time at Insight or just first time at Insight Berlin? It's my first time at Insight and Insight Berlin. Uh, I've been at many different shows. Uh, I made, I've my last show was VMworld. VMworld is a pretty good show, but I was really impressed with this show actually with not only the, the community that's here, because I've never been to a show with all NetApp employees, obviously. There's a lot of people I know from working with NetApp over the years that are at the show. And being able to meet the customers and the uh, SCs for, the, uh, for NetApp has been really pretty enlightening to find out a lot of ways why they implement things, how they implement things, and what are the shortcomings right now that we need to fix or address coming down the road with newer products. Have you been able to attend any sessions? I attended a few sessions here. Uh, it's been relatively busy in the booth, and uh, for the past day and a half, I've been kind of alone because my partner had left and went back to the, the States via uh, Germany and London. But uh, the few sessions that I did attend were very, very useful for me. I attended one Metro Cluster session and a couple others on uh, the competition, which were pretty, pretty enlightening. Awesome. Awesome. So it sounds like you've had a really good time here. So I guess you're heading back probably tomorrow, right? Yeah, we're heading back tomorrow, 2 o'clock, getting back to the States. We're from New York. Uh, Addo's based in Buffalo, and so am I. And looking forward to a relatively painless flight, and I'm, that's when I'm going back. Awesome. Well, thanks for talking to us, and thanks for coming out to NetApp Insight. Thank you. It's great to be here. You know, I've always loved Addo. Those guys are, are just cool. You know, I, I, I sat down the other day, and I shared with them my, my secret fantasy uh, of I want it, I want it, I want, I know they make it. They have to make it. They have to make a device that will allow me to connect a fiber channel target to a, a SATA bus. And if I can do that, then I can attach a PlayStation 4 to an all-flash Faz. <laughs> okay. So you're telling me your fantasy is not to do a podcast with the Flash? <laughs> yes, yes, my fantasy is to Flash. I also had a chance to sit down with Dan Isaacs, our Flash TME, 
and we actually did a video segment called Flash on Flash, where I ask him about Flash. As Flash. As Flash. That one's pretty cool. What, is that up on YouTube? Is that where they can find it? Or, or how do the listeners at home get, get at that video? So right now we're getting the file from the guys that did it, and we're going to put it up ourselves if we have to. So. Okay, cool. So, so we'll include a link for the listeners at home if we need to later on. Uh, maybe we can strip the audio out. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure that out when we get back. But uh, this show's getting ready to close. We've got maybe another two minutes before the loudspeakers start kicking everybody out of the room. Uh, so real quick, let's, uh, let's just get final thoughts. Pete, today's kind of a sad day, but it's also a really happy one, buddy. Glenn, we're getting kicked out again, buddy. <laughs> what is it with us getting kicked out of trade shows? This is pretty hilarious. It's becoming the thing. Yeah. yeah, okay. So real quick, before the security guards come around with, with the big hook and they drag us off the stage, um, because Freeman, or whatever the local version of Freeman Service is here, you know, the unions are going to come in here and start tearing this thing down in a jiffy, and, and they're Germans, so they're not going to mess around, and it's going to be done quickly. Give me a one-word summarization of Inside EMEA for you. Technical. Any Inside event you go to, whether it's Vegas or EMEA, is going to be technical, because for the longest time it was just a partner event, and these are the guys that know it better than anybody, right? They're in the field. Uh, and now we have a lot of customers that are also technical. And great conversations with customers in the briefing center today. Uh, one for sure, MMC, great company that does a lot of foam products here. Uh, for and, uh, and they're here, they're so excited, and he thanked us so much for inviting customers, because they've been wanting to come to Insight as a customer for years, and they're thankful that they can do that now. So I'm super excited, but yeah, one word technical all right Andrew you have been flying the containers banner high I this morning I had an opportunity to to sit in on your uh, persistent storage for docker informant delight yeah so first thing I did this morning uh, 10 a.m. was an informant delight session uh, over at their uh, theater here on the expo floor and you know it was pretty great right I got to sit down or well stand I guess in front of the group there and talk about how you know containers aren't scary you know this is this is NetApp Insight this is this crowd is primarily storage administrators or uh, in general infrastructure administrators not applications guys and thus far containers have been the realm of applications of developers and you know the, the message I really wanted to convey was you know don't be scared don't be intimidated right go out and talk to your guys talk to the devs talk to the to the admins because you still have persistent data requirements even if it's a container it doesn't make it magically go away. So it was a great session. I got some great feedback. I hope everybody enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, it, it was a blast. Yeah, the, the thing that, the, the one line that you had in there that, that really caught my attention was when you, when you, you, you stopped and, and you took kind of a moment and, and you let the room kind of get quiet so everyone was paying attention. Which, by the way, you're getting really good at this, dude. <laughs> um, and and uh, you turned around and said just what you just said. Uh, but at the very end, you said, to many of you, containers is something that is happening to you. It is not something that you are actively involved in. Uh, and because of that, you're scared and, and, you're, and you don't understand it. Uh, but then you've went on to explain the fact that, listen, this is just an application deployment paradigm. It doesn't impact the infrastructure. Not really. The infrastructure is still the infrastructure. Data, data persistence and data storage, you know, enterprise features, data protection, all of those requirements are still there. This is just an application deployment paradigm that brings with it the most sophisticated continuous integration and continuous deployment uh, methodologies that, that we can achieve in 2015, right? Absolutely. You know, it's... Uh, yeah, my other session today was uh, my container session, and I had a lot of really, really great questions during that session. Uh, I had one gentleman ask, you know, can I can I use containers to deploy my existing applications? And you know, the answer is yeah. 
you can absolutely take an RPM or, or a, a .deb and install it into a container. Now there might need to be a little bit of tweaking to the things around it, like if you need to start a service to, to change how it started and those types of things, but you know, it's, it's just an application. That doesn't change. Yeah. Now, sure, developers and and the other groups are using them in different ways and making you know great phenomenal progress with you know how development is done and the testing and all that other stuff. But from an application deployment paradigm, it's just a new way of removing friction between operations and and development. So my word, one word, was technical. Would you say your one word would then be relax? Relax from what? I haven't sat down, I think, no, in four I mean days. To, no, I mean to the administrators. Relax. This is oh. not something that's, you know, it, that's happening to you. This is something that you've experienced before. It's just slightly different. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Uh, it's take everything in context. Um, and, and I think that in this day and age, uh, when, we, when we think that there is something that threatens us, we approach it with skepticism. Well, guess what? This happened with virtualization too, yep. right? Nobody lost their job because they decided to go with virtualization. Yeah, for sure. Well said. Glenn, what was your one word? Yeah, okay. Um, so I guess if I had to summarize uh, inside of me at 2015 in one word for me, and this is going to be a little cheesy and a little corny, but it is what it is, uh, I would actually say love. I, I have felt the love this week, you know, just oh, yeah. going around and, and, and through the sessions and, and uh, customer meetings and, and honestly, even just walking around downtown. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Just, just being in Berlin and running into other people with the right T-shirt for you to know who they were. Yep. You know, the, the, but more than anything, Pete, more than anything, it was the podcast listeners. Absolutely agree. Th that, I got to tell you, was so overwhelming for me. Like, so funny to see all the NetApp Tech on Tap podcast t-shirts everywhere we went, like, in, even in, in, in the party in different areas. But taking pictures with a bunch of people, but sharing, like, great feedback that we got. It, it was really, I, I'm with you on the love. I, I would almost want to change my technical to love for that reason, because we had conversations with customers and partners that, like, just really great feedback on on how they see they they know the podcast man they they know the episodes they're talking about even some of the old ones when we did with net with kilo client one guy said that was the best the kilo client bring it back to tech on tap and just so many and and, and the thing that's great about that glenn is because you're passionate about NetApp. Sully and I, we're, we're passionate about NetApp, and, and our listeners are too. And that, that connection, people feel that. And so that is why we love you guys, the listeners, because that's why we do it, man. We don't do it for money. We don't get paid to do this. We have other daytime jobs, man. This is all about NetApp culture, NetApp passion. And I got to tell you, man, we are feeling it today. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Okay, before we land this plane, we're going to go ahead and give you some bonus content. We had the opportunity to speak to some folks at Catalogic, a NetApp partner, as well as the infamous exchange goddess Pumala Schmidt. We actually recorded this on day one of the Insight in a cold parking garage. Hope you enjoy it. We've got a couple of special guests for the podcast. We've got Christoph Gettig. Christoph is with Catalogic, and we also ran into somebody at the Catalogic booth here. Oh my gosh, how am I going to say that? Fumala? Oh, dude, come on. Fumala? Fumala Schmidt? Fumala Schmidt. Fumala. Fumala. Pumala. Oh, Pumala, Pumala Schmidt. Oh no, we can totally. No, this is this is organic. It's it's fine to make me sound like an idiot. That's my job. It's Pumala, but you know everybody knows me better as Exchange Goddess. Exchange Exchange Goddess. I thought I recognized you. So how many shoes did you bring? Um, six. That's that's embarrassing. How many bottles of wine did you bring? 
I couldn't get anything through customs, but six, I almost bought a seventh pair at the airport. <laughs> I went to the bathroom and I got, I got detours. I was like, oh, those shoes are really pretty. Went in, looked at them, tried them on, and then I realized somebody was waiting for me. So I had to say, I'll be back. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll be back. So, Christoph, how many shoes did you bring? Uh, just two pair. See, that's, that's good. That's good. That's, that's normal, except for not for me. I brought like three. But that's normal for a normal person. I'm a goddess. That's true. Goddesses need more shoes. They have more feet. So we ran into these guys at the Catalogic booth today, and they have some really good stuff to talk about in terms of NetApp Insight and what Catalogic is doing with NetApp. So, Christoph, could you start us off with a little bit about what you're doing with NetApp and private storage? Yeah, so in my role as a sales engineer, I talk a lot to customers, and the question we always hear is, okay, I have data, I have lots of data, and how do I cope with the growth of data? And then with a the cloud story coming up, okay, now I can go to cloud, but what do I do with my data in the cloud? Um, what data should go to cloud? And then in the end, can I get it out of there? So these are the questions that we see almost in every customer meeting if we talk about cloud and the initiative we have with NetApp. And secondly, this is my 10th NetApp Insight, and it's great to see how this evolves, how we came from like 800 participants yeah. to like 6,000 by now. It's just great. Christoph, what are some of the use cases that these customers are looking at? Are we talking test and dev? Are they looking at it for backup? What are the primary use cases you're hearing from your customers? One is definitely test dev. They run their environment, they run their data, whatever they do, whether it be exchange, because we have an exchange <laughs> goddess here. So, but do my, my, my SLAs, do they work? Is it really working what I'm doing? And so they go, and now they can go there and say, okay, I want to test drive what I did. Does it really work? And does it work in cloud? And um, as we have shown successfully with NetApp, this initiative really works for customers, and it's great to do that. As a customer's point of view, I hear you. Cloud is here. We hear it. We're just not sure. We're, we're, we're very timid about the cloud. Obviously, from the US, there's lots of compliance issues, regulation, and my biggest concern as a customer is, can I even really go to the cloud? I don't know. Can I? Am I allowed to? What about, you know, what about regulations I have to follow? Um, and that's, that's a huge concern. And also, how much can I put in the cloud? There's a lot of data out there. There are a lot of uh, grumpy cat pictures out in sands across this country, <laughs> you know, across the world. Everybody has grumpy cat pictures, but there's a lot of them. And it's going to the cloud isn't always easy and isn't always cheap. So how much data can I really put out there without breaking the bank? Referring that to, to public cloud, of course, you know, I mean, we do have the concept of private cloud. We do have the concept of hybrid cloud. And, you know, that's one of the things that Data Fabric allows us to do is move in between these clouds regardless of what our data is and where we're putting it. Are you guys doing anything with hybrid cloud currently, or are you doing anything with, with the data fabric? I mean, are you familiar with the story? Yeah, um, we integrate with a data fabric story, and we did a wonder, wonderful um, test uh, with NetApp and the soft layer um, and Amazon Cloud, and we, and we have proven there that this initi initiative really works. But as our goddess just explained, the question here is, what data do I want to put to cloud? Do I want to put my real old stuff there, like this Word document from 1988? Do I really want to put this in cloud? So I have to find out what is my important data and what should go to cloud. And we, as a catalogic, we can help the customers do the estimate of what data do I have, how old is my data, how used is it, and then bring it to cloud. And, and of course, use NetApp here as one of our key partners. Okay, so if I'm in the cloud, how accessible is my data? I mean, that to me, as a goddess of exchange, um, I get a lot of e-discovery requests, um, and not only for exchange, but file access as well. 
and our biggest thing is, okay, I need this data right now. I, I need X, Y, Z three hours ago. So if I do put something out in the cloud, is it accessible? How long is it going to take? Things like that always come up. Um, you know, and that's for me. That's why I'm a little scared, and I and I understand the whole hybrid approach. That seems kind of be the the halfway point to fully getting there. But it's does that add more complexity to my environment now? Because now I've got to set up all sorts of WAN connections, and who wants the network guys involved? Yeah, who wants those guys? All right, Puma. Question for you. I'm, I'm going to poke the bear a little bit here. So you're an exchange goddess, right? Everybody's going to Office 365. Yes. <laughs> so that's cloud-based exchange. I mean, are you as the exchange goddess looking at any architects that talk about, you know, having a DAG that's maybe hybrid where it's some cloud, some some on-prem? Or are you still just focusing on the on-prem? Are there any cloud scenarios where you just basically pushed to Office 365? It depends. So I tell people if you are a small business, less than 100 people, don't waste your time unless it's an industry that requires to be on-prem. Uh, Go, go to Office 365. It's going to be more cost effective. But if you are a large organization and you might have a concern, um, potentially a global organization, I'd think about hybrid possibly or staying on-prem. Um, one of the biggest things people forget about is when you go to Office 365, there's only so much data you can put in your mailbox archives. You know, and how long is it going to take? Because you know, some CEO may have 60, 70, 80 gigs of email and that's going to take quite a few days to push it up. And let's say you have a lot of users that have a lot of email, and then you've got archives. Like, uh, I'm not going to name anybody in particular, but there's some companies that you know have archiving solutions. So do you move that up to the cloud? Um, and that's where it's it's really complex. Uh, it, it's a it's a business case. It's not a it's not a technical. Unless you want it done tomorrow, then it is a technical because it'll take forever to do and uh, costly. But I'm, I'm, I'm all for it from that perspective. Yeah, that's, that's actually uh, what, what we've done internally, like at NetApp. Like we've, we've gone to a hybrid model, right? We, we leverage Office 365 where it makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we offload SharePoint and email where it makes sense. And then where it doesn't make sense, we keep it on-prem. And it's all federated through the CAS Hub system. We don't really have to worry about it. Our users don't think about it. But, but the admins on the back end get to control that placement at a policy level. So it makes it very, very powerful from an organizational perspective. Fun fact, this, this podcast, built on the cloud. Does it have unicorns there? No. Yes. No. no. Yes and no. No. No and yes. No. No unicorns or bacon. They're both forbidden in my cloud. <laughs> <laughs> a baconless cloud. I want a baconless cloud with no unicorns. I'm actually, Can we build one of those? I actually cannot eat bacon anymore. It actually makes me very sick, so I'm anti-bacon right now. What about, bacon, what about bacon made out of unicorns? <laughs> okay. That, okay. that might be delicious. They, I could get behind as, that. As long as they is, is, smell is this, like Skittles. Is it free-range <laughs> unicorn bacon? Like, I want my grass-fed, <laughs> sk Skittle-fed, free-range unicorns. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's locally sourced. Okay, locally um, sourced. The horn is actually preserved. Grass-fed? Grass-fed? No, Skittle-fed. They eat Skittles. Skittles. We actually, we actually Skittles. pickle the horn. So that's, you know, an app, you know, a little appetizer before you get to the bacon. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, unicorn bacon. Oh, but back to your question about the hybrid, some exchange in the cloud. That's a no. Okay. So we, if you're going to deploy a DAG, have it on-prem. Don't, don't put part of your DAG in the cloud. I mean, you could, but, you know. It's what about remote sites? Like, what if I have a remote site that doesn't have the infrastructure in place to do something where I need to have it locally? Can I, can I leverage the cloud that way? I, I, I would... Uh, I speak with a Microsoft certified 
Okay. But P.S. So, so my head is spinning right now. ADD is kicking in hard, bro. Did we're talking just... about Skittles and pigs, and now we're talking about dags welcome, again. Welcome to current status, right? <laughs> <laughs> All we're missing is the wine now. Yeah, that, wow. that, went, up, that on? went off a cliff. Okay, so speaking of which, uh, it occurs to me that we are about five minutes from them opening the bars yes. upstairs and the customer event kicking off tonight. Kristoff, uh, we never actually gave you an opportunity to, to go ahead and explain what Catalogic is. I'm, I'm a huge fan of your software uh, and, and what you guys do. You help us close some gaps in a lot of accounts. Can you give us just a real quick explanation for users and, and give us a redirect where they can go to learn more information? Okay, yeah, thank you for that one. <clears throat> so Catalogic is uh, a company that works for long years together with NetApp. Actually, we're a spin-off of the old, old SyncSort, one of the oldest software companies in the world. So we're just the data protection piece out of that, and uh, we have a partnership with NetApp since 1999. So right. this is very, very long story. So what we do and what we are famous for is our um, cataloging, and this is the, where the name comes, Catalogic, um, cataloging and indexing capabilities. So we go there and scan the NetApp systems, scan the VMware, and you have a full catalog of what's in your infrastructure. And from this infrastructure and from this catalog database that we have, you can kick off various use cases from what I call the file use case, like, okay, I'm looking for this file, ABC, where is it, in what snapshot, what vault or mirror replique do I have, can I use it, and what can I do with that? And how many of those, where they are, so various things you can do there. The second is like this test dev, what we talked earlier about. So a lot of people have um, a desire to run their infrastructure with test and development pieces, but how do they do this? What tools do they use? Can I use the excellent NetApp snapshots? And we provide an easy way um, of making use of these uh, snapshots. And another piece is DR. I know a lot of customers that have a DR plan, but if you talk to those guys um, and you ask them like, okay, when did you do the DR last time? They said, well, never. So, and we give an easy meaning with the enterprise catalog of doing um, um, your DR scenario like on a daily basis with a, with a policy that is executed. And if it comes really to DR, and whether it be cloud or not, um, it, um, you know that has been executed successfully yesterday, um, and so you have the, the safety and security, it really works. So in a nutshell, it gives you a catalog of all your infrastructure, all your data, and if you want to find out more, go www.catalogicsoftware.com and go and test for yourself. Free of charge, and you can play around with it for 30 days. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, the, the one thing that, that you didn't specifically call out that I want to make sure uh, we actually say out loud, uh, it could be said that Catalogic was the original snap mirror to anything client uh, because you guys were the first product ever that implemented that engine and a third-party target, and you still do it today, uh, which is where, where, where I run into your software often. Uh, customers that don't have NetApp today that are looking at getting onto NetApp, moving into our hybrid cloud vision with the data fabric, you guys really are that missing piece. You can bridge those two worlds uh, and use our, our super efficient, fast replication engine. Go ahead, index the data, find the files that need to be moved, and then when it comes time to hit go and make that move happen, you're leveraging SnapMirror underneath, so it's super efficient all the way around. I'm a, I'm a huge fan. Okay. Can I say I love SnapMirror? Everyone loves SnapMirror. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? I love SnapMirror as exchange guys. That's what I use to replicate 20 terabytes of data across to my colo facility when I did my first stretch tag. Nice. And I just absolutely loved it. Nice. I was able to do that environment in only a few days compared to weeks. So 
my heart goes out to it's Snapmare. It's a game changer. Yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. And it's perfect for reseed, manual reseeding of databases. I was about to say, but have you checked out the auto reseed capability? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, in Snapmagic for Exchange, yes, I have, and that's, love it. And Chris, love it. Chris, you had me at SyncSort. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, there you have it. That's a nice little bow on today with uh, Catalogic here and Exchange Goddess and Christoph. So we're going to cut this off now, and uh, I don't know if you hear the, the cars going by. We're actually going old school parking garage here. Yeah. Hashtag podcaster drug deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, guys, thanks for listening. All right. Uh, as predicted, security services has made it to us. The forklifts are coming in. Let's go ahead and land this plane. All right. This is going to be my final landing of the plane, so I'll try not to mess it up. All right, if you want to get in touch with us, send us an email at podcast.netup.com. Subscribe to the podcast on both iTunes and SoundCloud at Tech on Tap. And until next week, bye for now. Oh, yeah.